morning, River City. Good morning. If you guys want to start to make your way towards your seats, we're going to get ready for church. And good morning for everyone who is watching us on live stream. We are so happy that you have joined us today. It's going to be a really beautiful day. I'm really excited to be worshiping with y'all. So every Sunday, we read from the lectionary. If you're unfamiliar with the lectionary, it is a way of organizing scripture where you get through the Bible in three years. We read a psalm every Sunday, and it keeps us connected with the universal church. So churches all over the world this morning will be reading the same psalm. And so if you want to turn your eyes to the screen, and you can close your eyes, you can do whatever gets you into a contemplative state, we're going to just read the word of God. And if you would with me this morning before we jump in, just stand in reverence of the scripture and then we'll jump in. So the psalm says, I love the Lord because he hears my request for mercy. I'll call out to him as long as I live because he listens closely to me. Death's ropes bound me and the distress of the grave found me. I came face to face with trouble and grief. So I called on the Lord's name, Lord, please save me. And the Lord is merciful and righteous. Our God is compassionate. The Lord protects simple folk. He saves me whenever I am brought down. And I tell myself, you can be at peace again, because the Lord has been good to you. You, God, have delivered me from death, my eyes from tears and my feet from stumbling. So I will walk before the Lord in the land of the living. So Heavenly Father, we just all accept the invitation that we can rest, that we can be at peace this morning, that we can lay down the stresses of the week or the chaotic busyness of mornings because you are good. And so, God, this morning, we just turn our attention towards you. We give you our hearts. We give you our hopes, our worries, knowing that you are a God that can hold them both. Thank you so much for this church body and this family. Thank you for those who are watching online. May they sense your presence as closely as those in the room do. God, we just love you, and we exalt you, and we worship you. We invite you in this morning. God, we ask for you to remove all of our distractions so that we can have a one-on-one -on -one encounter with you. For those who need hope this morning, be a God of hope. For those who need encouragement, God, be a God of encouragement. For those who need joy, God, be the God of joy and laughter. And for those of us who need peace, be that still. In your name we pray, amen. and this morning that song hits differently going into praying for prayers of the people having just acknowledged and honored 9-11 yesterday and seeing the darkness in Afghanistan and knowing how much they're craving a defender 
It's not that I don't believe it, but I recognize that I'm not seeing the fullness of it on earth's side. And it's hard. And the gift of prayers of the people, the gift of the now and not yet is that when we step into prayers and when we step into intercession, we're getting to prophesy in this moment what is going to be true for eternity. And so when we're praying for the people in Afghanistan and we're looking at what yesterday was the reminder of, we have only but a glimpse of what it looks like for Jesus to be our greatest defender. But we pray with an anticipation and a faith that there will be a day where that will be true and every person on earth will know that it is true. And so this morning, if you are like me because of your own personal hurt or darkness or because the weight of the world doesn't feel true to the song that we just sang, maybe you are feeling like you need a defender right now and he's MIA. Or if you're thinking about Afghanistan or if you're thinking about the evil and the darkness of what we just remembered yesterday, I feel that with you. We are not being ignorant or naive when we then sing a song that says Jesus is our great defender. We are proclaiming and declaring the truth, which is that that isn't the end of the story. That he is indeed the great defender, even when we cannot see him at work defending and advocating in our life or in the world around us. And so when I pray prayers of the people, it will be with, oh ye of little faith, that is what I feel in this moment and I'm praying that Jesus will make much of my little faith. And so if you will join in with me, we pray for the universal church, its members and its mission. We pray specifically for pastors in Eritrea, were taken into prison and will most likely never be seen again. If you don't know, Eritrea is one of the most persecuted countries for believers. God, I don't know where those pastors are that have been arrested. I don't know what their circumstances are, but you do. You see them and you know them. And I just pray, God, that you would show up and be the great defender that they need. When I don't have words to even know how to pray or to know what they need, would you show up and would you be the great defender and protector that their hearts are longing for? Would you reintroduce yourself in this moment wherever they are and would you reintroduce them to your love that is for them in the midst of great darkness? We pray for the world and all those in it. We continue to lift up prayers for Afghanistan in the midst of so much turmoil and fear. So much fear. 
God, would you come and would you be their greatest defender? And would you use your people? Would you use surrounding countries? Would you use any and every available resource that you need for us to be a representation of that? Would we show hospitality? Would we soften our hearts? Would we pray with great faith that even the Taliban is not too much or too great or too far away from you? for even those in the Taliban who are there by choice or by force, that even you, if they would accept you, you would be their great defender if they would fall on their knees and proclaim your name. May your spirit guide us toward empathy and solidarity and healing. We pray for the welfare of Smyrna and Cobb County. For the four dozen people who now need new homes because of an apartment fire in Atlanta. Would you provide the people and the resources in the community to love them tangibly, to be your hands and to to be your feet? Restore unto them what was lost. mobilize the local church exactly where they are that they would care for them really well impress on our parts even as we are just a couple minutes away that we would see and notice the needs of the people around us that we would be mobilized to be your hands and your feet We pray for the concerns of this local community and all those who suffer in it. We pray for Laura and the Owens and their Serbia trip as they go and serve and bless these refugees. God, would you bless them and prepare them in every single way that they need. May they be lacking nothing. Give them energy. Give them financial resources. Give them um, games and pencils and everything that they need that would be best utilized to love these refugees well. And would you prepare the hearts of the refugees to receive what is going to sound too good to be true, a loving Jesus that is there to rescue them. And we pray for the sickness that is touched many in our body. We pray for Debbie, Ryan's stepmom, Brooke Hamill's family, both her mom and her stepdad and both of her brothers. And what just feels like sickness in general, it just seems to be everywhere all the time, one way or another, whether it's hand, foot and mouth or COVID or this or that. God, would you just come and insert yourself in each of our lives? May we fall on our knees and humbly accept your grace and your mercy. Would you show up in your nearness and in your compassion? Take our brokenness and would you just pierce it with your light? We thank you that we can say you are indeed the great defender of this story. And you are worthy of all praise and honor. 
Even when we don't see it and when we don't feel it, what we know is true is that you are worthy of our praise and our honor. And we worship you and we don't take that lightly. It's in your name we pray. Amen. We're going to move into the next portion. Before I do that, I just want to share, last week, if you were here in our service, there was a moment that happened in our service that was different than usual moments in a service. And it was a moment where I experienced what I felt like was something, something felt funky. Um, and so I paused and I said, can everybody just pray for a little bit and ask that God would maybe bring peace? I got the sense that people needed to be reminded who they were, they're the beloved, and I shared that, and I, I personally sensed that God actually was moving in that. And so I just want to talk for a moment about that. When something like that happens in a service, right, uh, something very present and happening right now, I think we think that is, uh, is it ringing really bad right now? Are we good? You know, okay. Very good. Awesome. So I want to just remind you that each part of a service, and I think American Christians, especially Atlanta Christians, need to hear this. Each part of a service is extremely important. Whether you're feeling or sensing the like, yay, hallelujah from God in that or not, that each moment is very specifically important. And so for some, what we did to start, the prayer that Mariah, was extremely meaningful because we're all collecting around scripture, into prayers together, into worship through song, which to us, worship is not just the portion where singing happens. I actually like the idea, can you hear me, can you hear me, can you hear me, can you hear me? I actually like the idea that this is worship, the whole thing. We're at worship, right? Like that, that's a good reframing because everything we're doing is worshipful. Yes and amen, we experience it deeply in actually singing to Jesus, and there's something specific about that, about putting him in his place within our body, but also other portions are super important, right? Scripture, prayers of the people. I mean, to have the body interceding together, that's a beautiful, important thing. To me, my most two favorite things that are not any more important than other parts, but every week it's meet and greet, I love seeing the body love one another well. There's something so Jesus about that. And then the doxology at the end. To me, these are moments of inspired, I feel the presence of Jesus. I sense his nearness. I feel his, he's blessed. But that doesn't mean that all portions aren't important. So when we experience these kinds of things in services, it's good to stop and celebrate them. Jesus is present, right? What's happening in this room is important. All of it, everything. Walking in in person, showing up online, praying with one another, all of these things are pivotally important as the body continues to move into the future. And so thank you for listening to my whatever that was. And let's be attentive to those moments together and personally. My prayer for you is that you would recognize if something in you is like, huh, or yes. Like when Mariah does her stuff, I don't know what her stuff is, but when she does her stuff, I'm ready to do a praise lap around Smyrna. I wouldn't last like 100 yards and get some water. But that to me is like, I need to recognize what is happening that I deeply, I love the creativity of the body. I love seeing the body get creative. I love ancient hymns. 
I love singing songs that I know Christians 2,000 years ago might have sung. Something about that is deeply moving. I love a word of prophecy. I love knowing that God can use a person to pray and encourage another person. I love humility and seeing that in people like Craig and Myra. I love a passion for the body of Christ like I see in the Rodriguez, for sure. So I've always loved that about how much you guys care about the local church. That's a big deal. I, I love all of these things, and I need to take notice and celebrate when I see them. We should be thankful more, right? We have a lot to be thankful for. This morning was beautiful. It was like perfect weather, right? I didn't sweat at all on the way here. I wore a, a preseason sweatshirt, and that's cool, right? It's okay. God is good. All right. Coming soon, really quick. Coming soon to River City. We're going to continue in the study in the book of James. It's going to happen for two more weeks. It's going to be good. Then we're going to do our pots. What are pots? Prayers of the seasons. We've been seeking God. Thank you for your input. We're going to give you those in two weeks, and you're going to hear what we're praying into together. After that, we're going to do a study in the book of, what does that say? Amen. Amen. Then we're going to have an event called what? That everyone here is going to sign up for and be a part of. It's going to be great. Yeah, and then we're going to do Advent. And I did not love Advent when we started this church. And my heart has been melted into an Advent heart. I love it. I love, all, I love everything about it. I love it. I love it builds toward. I love it. So communal. I love Advent choir. So, amen. Yep, so all of you will be in Advent choir. Minus a couple of you. All right, so. So James so far, not this James, James so far, he has shared with this community of the dispersion or those who are dispersed after the death of Stephen because it was no longer safe. They did not have a leader. They were kind of spread out. They were wondering, what do we do? So James has already traveled through the idea that words and actions are extremely important, that words without actions are actually harmful. And actually the quote from Barclay that I love so much, that what happens in the secret place must be acted out in the marketplace. Just a great, for me it's a great mental reminder that it's not, you don't have to choose one of the two. It's not missions for Jesus or just I love my Jesus and we're gonna sit in a prayer room forever. It's a combination. What happens here then goes to here and it has to be that way or it's actually confusing to the, to the cities we live in. So James is sharing with this group, I'm here, I see you, and what's happening in your body is really important. Last week we talked about how favoritism had worked its way into the church. I mentioned to you the picture of a poor person and a rich person coming in the room and how we treat each one differently, but it's not because we desire community with a rich person, it's because we're almost parasitical for what that person's power or money might bring us. So none of it's about love. So, so Jesus reminds us you treat everyone the same. You, you love everyone. Hospitality is a call to the church. You accept, you welcome, and you love everyone the same. There can't be distinction amongst you. There cannot be distinction amongst you. He's actually on the board that basically allowed Gentiles into the church in this season. So he's living what he's saying. And so as we move back into today, I want to read you James 3, 1 through 12, and then I'm going to share for a moment. <laughs> Just that first line, I remember when I first read I was like... Cool. Not many of you should become teachers, my brothers, for you know that we who teach will be judged with greater strictness. For we all stumble in many ways, and if anyone does not stumble in what he says, he is perfect, 
able, to, able also to bridle his whole body. If we put bits into the mouths of horses so that they obey us, we guide their whole bodies as well. Look at the ships also. Though they are so large and are driven by strong winds, they are guided by a very small rudder. Wherever the will of the pilot directs, so also the tongue is a small member. Yet it boasts of great things. How great a forest is set ablaze by such a small fire. And the tongue is a fire. That could be a band name, by the way. Tongue is a fire. Also, we... (laughs) No, I can't say that. All right. Sorry. Jesus, help us get back to the scripture. It's actually really important. And the tongue is a fire, a world of unrighteousness. The tongue is set amongst, among our members, staining the whole body, setting on fire the entire course of life, and set on fire by hell. For every kind of beast and bird, of reptile and sea creature can be tamed and has been tamed by mankind but no human being can tame the tongue. It is a restless evil, full of deadly poison. (laughs) With it we bless our Lord and Father, and with it we curse people who are made in the likeness of God. From the same mouth comes blessing and cursing. My brothers, these things ought not to be so. Does a spring pour forth from the same opening both fresh and salt water? Can a fig tree, my brothers, bear olives, or a grapevine produce figs? Neither can a salt pond yield fresh water. So Jesus, we just give you these moments that we talk about the scriptures and we ask that you would be alive in them so that we don't just dismiss this and let it just kind of pass through our mind because we kind of feel like we already do this, maybe, or maybe not. And so today, bless these words. In Jesus' name, we pray. Really, this is kind of a meditation on language. It's kind of interesting because the first week, two weeks ago, we talked about language as well. It was the one where words are super important and what you say harms or helps. And so this is kind of a nuanced version of now taking it even farther. So it's words again, but it's talking to teachers, right? So it's very important, but it's starting on a meditation on language. And I love when things happen during the week that have to do with a message. And I was talking to Paul. Are you still here, Paul? Do you take off? He's back to the sound booth. You're working now? You're volunteering. We were talking this week about the nuances of language and how a lot of times we assume what we say should be respected without kind of understanding the culture. This happened to me in Scotland when I was preaching to a youth camp and I learned a couple of their words do not mean the same thing as a couple of our words. They're actually pretty drastic curse words, did not know it. So to be sitting in a setting like you are and to have someone curse at you twice literally happened to them and I couldn't figure out what was happening. And I was like, I just said a word that's pretty simple. I was talking about a fanny pack, which at that point was not trendy. And I know that many of you in this room are now carrying fanny packs and it's cool, my wife is one. But do not say that in Scotland, okay? So can we just agree we will not say that in Scotland? So there are things about languages that you just don't automatically know. And there's grace for that, right? But there are common things within language that need to be good across the board. We discussed these, I played golf with Paul on Monday, on my Sabbath. Uh, He's better than I am, that's okay. Um, But there's common things each language can be good at. Kindness, 
listening. <laughs> like, the two things that will get you in the most trouble with people you don't know yet, especially if you don't understand their culture, is doing the opposite of those. Over-talk to make sure you're heard, or talk louder if someone doesn't speak your language, because that helps a lot, right? <laughs> listening is a universal, that's great. Being kind is a universal, that's great. Saying sorry for doing a thing like saying a curse word at a youth camp is a universal, that's great, right? But language has huge power, especially from leaders. It doesn't say here who the leaders or teachers are, so I'm just gonna throw this out because we automatically think it's the church and I'm gonna do that, I'm gonna talk about the church today, but leadership is coach, mom, dad, teacher, Pastor, boss, yeah. So many things, right? So many things sit in this category of leader, teacher, but it is kind of hard on teachers. You'll be judged, and is that talking to all of us or just the people in the church? Because I think for most of us, we're like, we should talk about how the people in the church need to be judged more because there's some, there's some really dumb things happening right now, right? It's easy to see that without seeing, no, I'm actually a teacher in many respects and even my own house. And how when I say something to my daughter that's just as childish as what she can say to me, that I'm, I'm held responsible in ways for that, just like a pastor of a mega church in Washington that does a dumb thing that goes global is held responsible for the things that they say, right? Like, so what I don't wanna do in a conversation like this is highlight the teachers that have done us wrong without us putting ourselves in the space of recognizing we also do the same, even in smaller ways. It's very important to put yourself in this place and not just highlight that Mark Driscoll shouldn't have done that, right? It's, it's very important as Christians in a culture that demands freedom, personal, not for others, that we recognize that things like humility go a long way. So passages like this to a body, trying to get its feet under them, is important because he's asking this church to finally live the way that Jesus has asked them because they're not in their city just for themselves. They're not just there because God wants them to have fun times together and do retreats and have worship nights. They're there for the people around them. That's why they're there. So when there's bitter speech, when people have favorites coming in, when people are, when leaders in the church are speaking in ways that are double-minded, it doesn't just affect the local community, it actually affects everything. So he's saying to them, listen, like part three, the way that you talk and what you say will matter a lot. And so for us, I think there's a lot of application here. First thing I wanna say is, I love that second portion. It's a little hard to understand for us, but it's talking about how everybody's gonna slip up. Everybody's gonna fail. There's no one who's gonna be perfect in this. So don't think of yourself as perfect, right? But the early church, for them to see a teacher, that would have been a desirable space. They would have wanted to be a teacher. That would have been something they would have gone after. And so people were vying for position to get there. All slip up. The tongue has great power. So this is what it's saying. Be careful. You're more likely in a teacher, you kids, class. I mean, I just want to talk to you really honestly for a second. Yesterday, I heard a literal whole group of people talking negative about a coach. 
on a field. I then went home to have conversations about how a teacher might have not done the right thing. And then I can listen to a podcast that talks about how a pastor has screwed up again. So when you talk about you'll be judged differently, I get the sense that it's not saying God's about to judge you. I think it's just the reality. Like anybody in any of those positions, you're gonna be a recipient of stricter judgment. Make a bad decision as a coach in Georgia, you're about to hear about it, right? I coached All-Stars, I think for the last time, for nine-year-old softball girls because the parents were the craziest people I have ever seen. And every one of them was an expert, not just like, he shouldn't have done this, but like, hey, you shouldn't have done that. Okay, do you want to coach? No? Okay. So school, president, pastor, everybody. We love to talk about, this is why, this is, this is why Mark Driscoll and that church is such a phenomenon right now, because we see so clearly what we don't want to see happening, but also the phenomenon is the failure that's being loved to be talked about. So we also love to have found someone who's failed so strongly, we all have in common, that's wrong, as much as that. So we train in how we talk. So I, I actually was really convicted, and I, and I talked to you guys about like devouring this podcast, and everybody I've talked to is like, yes, can you believe it? And yes, you, can you believe it? And there's this almost like, like this failure culture we love to just kind of step into, like, yeah, it's terrible. And he shouldn't, and don't hear me saying that that shouldn't happen, like abuses shouldn't happen. But leadership is judged more strictly, whether we're calling someone out or whatever we're doing. And so for this passage specifically, I wanna treat it like it is talking about in the church though. Because I think for this scenario, it helps us to see as a church, how then do we live in our city? And so it talks about how the tongue is small and how something so small can have such a big impact. So like a word of gossip that you hear about her and you say to them how that can spread so uncontrollably. Or a word like my beloved, when Micah and my group heard this last year and he kind of ran with it. Or a phrase like we all go together or just look on Twitter for the most trending thing is literally a set of words that millions of people are connected to. Such power can be had, large or small. And so what I don't wanna do is live in a space of silence as a human, as a leader, but as a, in a place of pause. What if as Christians, we were able to take a pause before we said what we think we need to say? What if we were able to sit in something without responding with our first instinct what if we were to, able to develop self-control? What if instead of teaching our kids no run from that, we taught them how to embody and operate in self-control so that they actually know how to live in the world and be around other people? So what if it's not about abstinence and it's about what if words actually have a good possible meaning? What if words can actually impact like negative words can impact if they're used in the right way? And so I wanna to talk to you about two things. The tongue as a cursing, which is not a fun thing to talk about, 
And we're gonna have prayer afterwards because I feel like some of us are still wrestling. I know at least for me, I still wrestle with some of the things or statements I have either heard or believed about myself. But so the tongue used as cursing, just really simply. Some of these things you'll know and some you probably haven't thought of. Gossip, of course, of course, right? Like, yeah, if I'm talking negative about Tina, that's probably not good. Slander saying something harsh about someone. Disrespect, like using my words to, to highlight that somebody needs to be not respected. Casting doubt, this is what leaders do a lot of times, creatively. You know, that church down the street, you know, like, I don't know. I've heard that they, I don't know what they do. They do crazy stuff. They let their people wear jeans and, I don't know, like there's, there's ways to use words more creatively than don't, don't gossip, don't slander. There's subtle ways that adults know how to use words that create and cause as much harm as just saying, you're stupid. You can say you're stupid in a very clever way. You know, like in a kind of mocking way. Really, is that what you meant, Tina? You meant to say that? I'm sorry, I keep highlighting you, Tina. You like it? Okay. Is- <laughs> Like there's ways to do this that are more intricate and nuanced that are actually more real than just don't do that. Because most of us, well, I mean, I hope most of us don't gossip. And just slander, I just don't hear a lot of our people being like, but we're creative. When we feel afraid, when we feel attacked, when we feel like someone's more significant than us, when we feel like someone's gotten here on the church stage before us, we're creative. You know, I just... I just, don't, I just don't trust what's happening there right now, you know, because, you know, I just, I'm, I'm sensing from the spirit. I'm sensing from the spirit that I need to be in prayer because I don't, what I, this ways to cast doubt that makes it sound like you're kind of being helpful, it's not. So faithful speech without faithful actions, this is actually what he's talking about. It's people who could say the right things really well, probably, without acting, which to us is like, no, just say the right stuff and behave. But without action, with it specifically helping widows and orphans and not having favorites walk in, like that is this, that's the tongue is cursing. Does it, for us, we're like, well, it's not slander, it's not gossip. That's tongue is cursing. It's saying a thing and not living it. Opinion over truth. I definitely am, can be so guilty of this. I can get so opinionated. And people love it. Just to be honest, people like to hear opinions. They like to step away from the truth that each person is created in the image of God. And that person's not more important than that person. We like to feel like we belong. And some of our belonging is built around dislikes of others. And that kind of wounded community thrives for a season, but it's like a cut that's just swelling. It's just infected. Sarcasm. Lord, have mercy. (laughs) Lord Jesus, have mercy on us. We all a sinner. I have been convicted so much by sarcasm, I don't still even understand it. It, There's five of our staff members have been like, that's what it is. Like, I don't, is it? It's been such a part of my family of origin, sarcasm. It was so celebrated that literally I think I'm talking at times and I'm literally putting someone down. But it's making people laugh, so... It's good, right? Because laughter is uh, medicine. I don't know. No, it's not. And so sarcasm is a way for us to jab someone and make them feel less than 
in a kind of creative way. It's passive aggressive, it's not helpful. I am so guilty of it every day. It is so natural for me. If I have ever sarcasmed you, I just wanna say I'm sorry. I don't even know what I did. And many times I don't, right? Behind sarcasm, here comes my sarcasm rant. Behind sarcasm is a happy little heart that's hurting. And I actually think that's true. Behind sarcasm is a heart that's protecting itself from being seen, right? Because my wife would say, you should just say what you mean. And I'd be like, I said it in a creative way. (laughs) They understand. They now feel stupid, so they get it. No. Demanding speech, it's not helpful. All right, so that's some tongue as cursing, right? That's so clear, right? So that if we were to turn on a news channel, whatever the content, and see that type of thing, we would know. This is not the message of Jesus, right? Any news channel, per se. We would see this gossip, slander, disrespect, antagonism, and be like, well, that's not Jesus, so I probably shouldn't propagate that, right? What is tongue as a blessing? I love this. I'm just gonna tell you all right now. Praise. Listen, I'm just saying, I'm not about to make you praise because Lord knows that doesn't work. Praise. Why is it so beautiful? When we sing words together about Jesus, we're speaking truth together in unity. Those songs do not sound the same if you're talking about what you're frustrated about. Take any praise song and put frustration in it. Nobody's singing that with joy, right? (laughs) Prayer, using words to actually speak a prayer. God help James this week. Be full of compassion, but also help him to experience the peace of Jesus in real ways. Song. Gosh, Lord, I lift your name on high. I was just thinking about that all morning. Anybody remember that? Lord, I lift your name on high. Lord, I love to sing your praises. See, everybody's so pumped to sing it because it's good. Affirmation. Right? Affirmation so good. Kara, I, I missed you when you weren't here. I told you. This church is not the same when you're not here. That's yeah. just the truth. So thank you. Amen. Amen? Naming someone. For me to just say, that is my beautiful wife. That is my awesome daughter, who's also beautiful. Too beautiful, really, now for me. So, <laughs> And she is horrified. Was that sarcasm? Honestly, I don't know. That was not sarcasm, right? Okay. I'm getting there. I mean, I I genuinely think that a lot. Uh, Welcoming, welcoming with words. You're welcome here. I love what Mariah says when she says, we already like you. Like, that's just that creative little thing is like, yeah, because we mean it, and it's good. Welcome, you're welcome here. Come in, come have a seat. The opposite is not fun. You're, You're not welcome here. Don't come in. Don't have a seat, right? To testify, that's good stuff. Jesus did this. Jesus blessed this. That Bible story that Jonathan shared, that testimony, that's like a thousand of my sermons. That's sermon, like, concentrate. The work of Jesus testified about, that's, oh. And any human can do it. You don't need Andy Stanley or Bill Johnson or John Mark Comer to be like, God did this, and for it to be, like, amazing. Any human mouth 
can speak that and it literally impact instantly. Just like me saying something really negative because I'm frustrated. You know, like, you know, somebody comes in late to a, uh, I don't know, prayer thing. And I'm like, passive aggressively, how you been? Hey, you know, you know we start at nine, right? I'll just, the same thing. I just sent so much ugh, into something. Anyway, <laughs> confess tongue as blessing. I sin. That's tongue as blessing. I am broken in this part of my life. I'm broken in sarcasm. I legitimately am. This is not, I'm not trying to gain anything other than I don't know how to be healed from it. I pray about it. I'm broken in athletic performance. 100%. I still put too much pressure on all my kids. I don't know why. I am in pain about it after I do it. I cannot just celebrate that people can just exist and be blessed. Like, that. what is that? I'm broken in it. I'm broken in that when... Other churches do so well. My first thought is not, man, that's awesome. The kingdom is, I'm thinking, well, that's, that's like, that's painful because they're doing better than we are. I'm broken in that. Like, confession is such a gift. It's such a beautiful gift to be able to name where you're broken. It's, so confession to me is me saying, I just feel so, so dead inside. That's the kind of way to say it that maybe, and you can say the same thing, oh my gosh, I need you, Jesus, I'm so broken. Like just the phrasing, I'm so, you're such an, or there's so many ways to say the same thing that we say in a negative tone that's actually a blessing, right? In competition, like if you're competing with another thing for something, bless them, but not sarcastically, If you're competing with someone who does what you do and they're getting farther ahead, find a way that you can say to them something that's true. Bless them. And if it'll diffuse the power that the opposite has. Bless the people, bless and do not curse. Like Romans 12 was onto something, right? Like this is so important that we begin to use the tongue as blessing. And here's what I kind of think. I don't want this to just skate by you. I kind of feel like everybody already feels like we do that. We don't really think enough to be like, where do I not do that? Because when you use the tongue as a blessing, you're actually speaking your native language. Oh my gosh. You're speaking the language of the kingdom. When you walk around doing that, you're speaking the language of heaven. It's a whole tongue. And when you operate in calling that out in others and praying when you need to and praising and using your voice, you are speaking the language of heaven. So step into that, right? Like that is, so, how, how hard but easy is it to praise? I'm, my voice is terrible. I, I, I don't receive from Jesus in that part of the service. Like how, how hard is it to walk up and receive prayer? I'm broken here. Well, I just, I, that's not really, you don't, churches aren't for that inner space, right? We come together, we go home, we come back. Like all of it, using affirmation, walking up when you see Jonathan that just did that and being like, man, I I notice this every time about you, Jonathan, you're just, your empathetic, compassionate heart is like just seeping through every part of your body and you're trying to keep it in. I love it. It's like such an endearing part of how God uses you to me. It's so huge. Your heart is bigger than 10 of your hearts. It's 
unbelievable. Like, begin to affirm the people within the body that God has gifted you with. If you see something, say something, right? We're so quick to see something and say something for the opposite. Reminding people of their brokenness instead of their blessedness. Reminding people of what they have already been telling themselves probably all week. I'm a failure. I won't, I don't feel God. I'm not, they need to hear it from us. Because this community, he was trying to get them ready for what God was trying to do. And the way that they do it is not achieving a bunch. It was, he was talking about what's happening in here. We can polish you up, send you out, and you can do a 10-part thing, and you can come back and slap your brother or sister, and don't mean jack, right? So some of you just thought, well, then why is this person in this room doing it? Well, maybe because you haven't been honest with them about where they hurt you, and maybe they don't even know. So stop sitting around waiting for somebody to come. Use your tongue as a blessing. I feel like I have harmed you. How? I feel like I've harmed you. How? If that hasn't happened, then let's just talk because I'm off. I don't know what's going on. In this body, do you, do you care more about that collection of people than this collection of people? Do you have favorites? With, I mean, that's hard. That's hard because there's chemistry and then there's connection, right? And we like to be around the people that are just easy, but that's just not reality. That's not reality. You're not going to have chemistry with every person at a church. If you do, it's a cult and you just need to go. <laughs> because that's too many people to alike. There should be a diverse community that it's not easy to have conversations with everybody. You should have to learn a lot in a conversation. If you're in a community where you never have to learn anything, you've all read the five things that are most important, you've agreed to them, and you're not even in relationship. This is the body. Am I, is this sarcasm? I don't know, it's not sarcasm, right? Okay, thank you for the help. So today, here's what I'm going to do. We're going to close because we're going long. That's all right. The assumption here for James is an assumption our church doesn't have or any church in America. These people, while being aggressive towards one another, they were practicing the walk of faith together. There was no attraction to a culturally cool community in this setting. There was no trendy church that just was cooler than all the cool people. Like there was not, that wasn't, there was no figurehead that was like so dominantly passionate that he even like passed or she even like passed through into mainstream because that's the goal. That's sarcasm. That's definitely sarcasm. (laughs) There was none of that. There was a community that were doing the spiritual disciplines together, who were seeking the Lord, who were meeting together to worship, pray, and eat together. That was happening. That was a part of it. In our community, that's not a part of it usually, right? So I can't assume that we understand that being formed together around the disciplines of Jesus, going after Jesus to be Jesus' people, that's, that's not an assumption that anymore is, is relevant. But that was assumed here. So he could talk about things that were a little more hardcore. So the invitation, I believe, is step deeper into the life of God and life of community. And it won't fit your schedule. If you're looking for a church that's gonna fit your schedule, it's not. It's just not. If you're also a part of a church that only requires from you to do things all the time, that's not the community of Jesus. Right? Like, the pace of Jesus is not explosion all of a sudden. It's, the pace of Jesus was like thoughtful. Three-year discipleship, ministry after that, and then death. So, we've got a lot to look forward to, I think. It's gonna be good. Super practical, 
and this is just, this is so random as a, a note, recognize when you're signing off on language as a cursing. Yeah. Recognize it, because we don't. I talk to so many Christians who propagate something politically that has nothing to do with the heart of Jesus, but the end justifies the means. It's like, no, I can, no, this, this doesn't, none of this matters about what this, what's happening because the end justifies the means. The means is important. Everybody please look, the means is Jesus. Jesus is the means. The end, if you have to surpass all of this stuff, it's not, it's not what you think. So just, I'm just praying that you would recognize when, when you're saying something around your kids or around friends or when you're watching a channel, because I haven't found a news station yet that doesn't. I have found some anchors on different channels. I'm like, huh, that's gracious. But for the most part, it's just people talking like sixth graders talk when they're mad. And we're like, amen, that's what I've been trying to say. Why can we not see it more clearly? Why do we not look and say, no, that is, even if it's saying the right thing, if it's being said like that, that, that can't be. I don't want my kids to learn to speak like that. I even do the thing where I go back and forth. <laughs> Some of y'all are so triggered right now. Is he saying he doesn't listen to? I'm not. Curveball. Curveball. I'm just asking that you recognize. Your idea of recognition of what it is that you're allowing to come in and signing off on as being good will then become the construct of what you live in and say yes to. So if it's okay coming through that, then it's okay happening in your kids. If it's okay coming through that, then it's probably happening with you and your spouse or you and your friends. That's really important. Recognize, what am I signing off on? And then think about the mystery of Jesus. Like, <laughs> don't overthink this part. Well, yeah, I know you say that, but I, I know well enough to know. Don't overthink it. Think about what Jesus did how he did it, very important. Love your enemy, think about that. Just that phrase, love your enemy. Don't overthink it. I'm just gonna shut up now, all right. Prayer, prayer for all, I'm gonna move into prayer. And so, here's my prayer for you today and my ask for you. Some of you just need to be blessed and not in the way that you've been blessed in the South, but in a true blessing. Right, and true blessing. Truly someone looking at you and saying, you are a blessed, beloved daughter of God, son of God, and mean it. Someone who says to you the things about you that are created in the image of God that are already beautiful before you've even worked on it, before you've tweaked it. Some of you need to hear a word of adoration. Some of you need to be reminded how Jesus feels about you and how others feel about you, right? So, during this prayer, for the next few minutes, Tina is gonna come stand right over here. And we're, I, this is, I've never done this before. This is gonna be the blessing station. You just need to be blessed. You need to hear it. You need somebody to pray over you and speak over you a blessing. Tina is gonna run with it right here, okay? Right in this region, right? Right over here. And then if you are experiencing maybe some type of pain or angst about the kind of Maybe, maybe it's, you're kind of recognizing, I, I do a lot of this kind of cursing to others. 
and you need somebody to pray with you, or you, you recognize that you just can't get past how cursed you have felt. Like, I just feel cursed. That's a lot of people. Like, that's we put on our faces, but a lot of us just feel like, I just feel really bad about myself all the time. And you just need somebody to pray that God would just heal on his pace. But maybe quickly, then we're gonna be right here, and that's gonna be Rodriguez and, the, and then Leslie and whoever. And then lastly, this is the... This is just your boldness, boldness meter. Use your mouth to go bless someone. Use your mouth. Everybody point to their mouth. To bless someone, I point to somebody else. Now point to God. I'm just kidding. <laughs> go bless someone, all right? I'm gonna pray and you, then you go do what you wanna do in relation to those three things. So Jesus and prayer people can come up. I thank you that the language of the kingdom, this is always if we were just to tune in to Father, Son, and Spirit in their intercession that I believe is happening all the time, we would just hear the language of blessing, the language of blessing, the language of belovedness, the language of hope, the language of grace. Yeah. Do you wanna get the... every hour we need you. So as you kind of take some moments to pray, if you'd like either one of these types of prayers or if you'd like to just go speak something to someone, we ask that you would do that in this room. If you'd like to start talking or hanging out, we ask that you do that out in the lobby. Thank you so much for being present with us today. Let's just create some space to be together in prayer in these ways. Love you guys. Thank you again for joining us today, and please visit our website at rivercitysmyrna.com.